Okay, guys, welcome back to the city. Um, this is episode two. Uh, we're going to be covering some golfing news. Uh, my name is Gavin. My name is Taylor. <laughs> my name is Brother Burkett. <laughs> Brother Burkett. Um, so, Brother Burkett, I guess, will be the guest today. Um, <laughs> um, so, we're going to be going over... Um, I don't know how long this episode's going to be, so just bear with us, I guess. Um, we're going to... Be going over some golfing news. Um, what do you guys want to start with? Uh, uh, Nike moves on from Tiger Woods and joins forces with Brooks Kepka's LIV golf team. So as Gil Lewis would say, today was the end of an era for me. But I think we can say the same thing for Tiger Woods because Tiger Woods has been with Nike for how long? What was it, 27 years? 27, 27 years. years. Around that. Don't quote me. 27 years, but don't quote us. Up until, when was it, last Tuesday, I believe, somewhere around the midweek of last week. Um, and the thing with Brooks Kepka, I, I want to see how that's going to affect Liv. I want to see if more Liv players are moving towards being Nike players. As we all know, Dustin Johnson has been not as seen in TaylorMade's videos with all the other tour players ever since he moved to LIV. So I'm very interested to see if more of the mainstream golf brands are going to be moving to LIV with this first big move, obviously being Brooks Kepka. And I don't, <clears throat> I don't really uh, care much for LIV. I think it was it's definitely a great opportunity for some of the guys, you know, like Harold Varner hadn't done much on the PGA Tour and was able to go there and uh, win, win uh, an event, I do believe. Uh, it's a great source of money. I just don't I just don't agree with the Saudi-backed league. Uh, where's the money coming from, the oil rigs in Saudi Arabia? It's just a little sketchy to me. Um, while we are searching for another topic in the golfing world to talk about, um, we are going to... Um, each each of us are going to give our uh, predictions on uh, all four uh, major champions this Starting year. Starting with the Masters. Starting with the Masters. Then the Championship, then the U.S. Open, and then the Open, right? Yeah. Okay. So the Masters is always a, uh, a great environment. It's, I would say, I would, I would, I would say it's the most prestigious tournament. I would say it's the most prestigious tournament in my opinion. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a great environment out there, and someone who is so consistent and used to environments like that is my man Scotty Scheffler. So Scotty Scheffler is going to win his uh, no, Scotty Scotty Scheffler is going to win his second major and second Masters at the Masters here in 2024. Okay, so I hate to be this guy. I know um, Roy McIlroy gets a lot of hate. Royal Rory McIlroy BMI. My favorite, as many people that know me know, I can see Roy McIlroy getting a championship and at the majors after what we saw in any of the majors for that, but I really could see him getting a Masters championship after what we saw at him at the Tour Championship and many of the later majors, including the Open, you know, so close but just couldn't get the job done. Um, I feel like he's due. For a big win, I mean, his last big win was in, I believe, 2018. If you're not counting the Tour Championships, he's won. So um, I could definitely see it going Roy McIlroy's way. Um, if you follow Taylor Mates 
YouTube channel, you can see him. He's really, really dialing in his wedges. Um, obviously having one of the one of the best, if not the best, driving averages on tour. Um, so I can definitely see it going Roy McIlroy's way whenever it comes to the Masters. Couldn't agree more, Brother Street. Um, his drive is just so immaculately pure. Having the longest drive average in PGA, I think he's due for one too. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I couldn't disagree with you guys more. Uh, that is bullshit. Si- simply my opinion uh, I just don't think Rory has much more left in him. And I know that we saw some great performances from him as late. I just feel like he's earned too much money to care about winning. Who? Rory McIlroy. Well, and that's why you're saying he's not going to win a I, I think he's not going to win a major. You said he cannot, he's not going to win because he has too much well, money. Well, I'm, I'm not saying that's necessarily that exactly the reason. I'm just saying, well, yes, that's what I said. If you have too much money to care about winning, you're not going to play in a major. And you're well, definitely he's going to play, 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 play for the contention. I mean, obviously it would be great to win, but it's like, obviously it sucks to lose, but in my opinion, it, I mean, it's just like, just like Tiger. I know he says he goes out there to compete and stuff, but when he's playing, he's just playing to show people that he can play. But that's not what Roy McIlroy is doing. I feel like you it's, know, I feel like it's starting Tiger's to go that way. I feel like it's starting to go that slam. way. I mean, he's won every single major multiple and, times. Uh, I understand that. So he has nothing to prove. And I'm not saying well, Roy McIlroy does, but he has a lot on the table if he doesn't win the biggest golf tournament in the world. And he's not. So <laughs> Scott Scheffler's not winning either. I'm, I think he is. He, he's built for big time. Because I watched him in the Bahamas run a 30-foot uphill about 20 feet past in three-putt. Well, he's been working on his putting all offseason, and we saw that. And so is Roy McIlroy. We saw him switch between about three to four putters in the last year. He's just not built for it. You're just trying to make it. <laughs> I'm not. I swear, he's just not built for it. Okay, on to the next um, uh, major, the PGA Championship. Uh I, I really don't um, know. I, I know I predicted the first two majors last year um, with John Rahm and Brooks Kepka. And, I mean, Brooks Kepka always had he, – he reminds me of Tiger when he was uh, – when Tiger was playing good. You know, you can't ever count him out. He, he just – he has that, that capability of playing at the highest level. In my opinion, at all times when he's playing, no matter the tournament. So, I'm I'm gonna let Taylor answer his prediction first, because I just I just couldn't give you an answer right now. I'm gonna have to think about it for a second. Okay, so um, okay guys, so for my prediction for the PGA Championship, I personally am gonna have to pick. Somebody that we've not even mentioned yet today, but Victor Hovland. I forgot about him. How can you forget about the smiley man? I don't know. Victor Hovland has does not have a major win under his belt. He has a tour championship absolute sweep in 2023. You know, no one even really close except for all the strokes gained from his playing partners and Colin Morikawa throughout the week. Nobody was even close. We saw him having the literal lowest wedge and like, you know, what was it, 40 shot in, lowest average on tour, especially for how high up he is. We saw him work on that, and I really do think that 
2024 season has a lot in store for him, and I'm really excited to see what it brings for him. I don't see him. I know a lot of people are getting him on the Masters, and I, I do agree that he's a good pick, but I really think he needs to settle back in, and I feel like that Masters really good. It's going to set the tone. But for my PGA Championship pick, I'm going to have to go with him. I think Justin Thomas has a pretty good shot this year. Okay, couldn't disagree more with you. Um, <laughs> I'm being, I'm gonna be dead serious with you. <clears throat> he doesn't have a major. I mean, but did you see those pool noodles in that Instagram? That is stupid. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the stupidest. Noodles? That's the stupidest Ryder Cup pick. Justin Thomas was the stupidest Ryder Cup pick in the history of the Ryder Cup. Look, did he that do anything was this year? The dumbest thing I've ever heard. Really? Do I don't. I'm leaving him at home. If I'm, uh, what was his name, Zach, uh, Zach what? Zach Bryan, the guy that sings uh, Tree Yoke Revival. Oh my god. So, <clears throat> back to talking about how Justin Thomas was potentially the worst Ryder Cup pick of all time. Can you name one thing he did this season, or last season? He didn't do anything Exactly, exactly. But you cannot, okay, it doesn't matter about years before, but you can't leave Justin Thomas. I'm leaving him at home. I'm Zach Johnson. He's staying he's at home. He's coming back. He's working. That's what he's working towards. He's going to stay at home. He's going to work and prove himself to why uh, he should be uh, picked for uh, the 2026 Ryder Cup. And with that being said, my uh, PGA Championship pick is Colin Morikawa. I think he's due. He hasn't won since 2020. I think the Open Championship was the last one he won. He's due. He's been playing great golf. Uh, the same could be, and you guys are going to shoot me for this one, but the same could go for uh, Sahith Tagawa, in my opinion, and or Ludwig Aberg. They're both young players. They're both playing great golf. I think that they're not necessarily built for the major championship scales, but... Uh, I think you could definitely see them in the near future winning them. But with that said, Colin Morikawa is my PGA Championship pick. We will come to you guys at the end of the podcast with our um, U.S. Open and Open picks. Everybody get <laughs> <Shut> now. <laughs> the next topic we're going to talk about is rollback. Okay. Very controversial at the first. Thing. It's so stupid. It, there's just no point. Okay. There's, there's just seriously no point. And at first, I didn't even... Uh, I really didn't even understand it at first, but there's just no point in creating a um, golf ball that just doesn't go as far. And then I do believe, um, so it will include recreational golfers. So all the all the balls in 2030 uh, for normal golfers like me. Um, it's going to be, you know, stopping me back. You know, it's going to be, I'm going to be going from probably a, right now, currently like 260, 270 drive, and it's going to drop, drop me down to probably 240, 250. I mean, I think there's no use for it. Um, the I mean, the only thing it's really doing is um, testing the professional golfer's um I guess you could just say they're a wedge and iron game and see if it really is that good because it's going to take the the drivability out of some of the shorter par fours. But you got to include short par fours like that to keep the the tournament spicy, you know? Spicy, eh? Spicy. Spicy. Like, uh, I'm just going to hand it over to Taylor. Okay, so as most people know, we all know what, well, not all of us, but we a lot of us have heard what Keegan Bradley had to say about it. 
um, in the earlier months, whenever it was first coming out, you know, he was basically calling it every form of stupid, which I 100% agree, agree with. with. One of the things he said was, he was talking about how golf had grown severely in popularity out of COVID. And, I mean, this doesn't even have to do with professionals. It has to do with amateurs that go play on the, you know, every other weekend in the summer. I mean, it, it's going to take people away. Because like Gavin was saying, I mean, if, if an amateur golfer that ain't spending $1,000 or more a year on swing lessons, you know, and, I mean, they're not taking that seriously, they ain't going to want to go out there and play if they're hitting the daggum ball 180. I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, if you looked at the graph, about 60 to 70% of these golfers out here on the golf course are just out here to have a good time with their buddies, you know. And I think the USGA and everybody that's involved in this needs to think about this. I mean, their literal motto is for the betterment of the game. I mean, I don't know how that would do that at all. Um, Roy, Ma- Roy McIlroy has talked about it. Tiger Woods has talked about it. And no one has said they like it. Um, I mean, Tiger, the only thing, well, Tiger wasn't necessarily very mad at it. He was, he was basically saying that it should be, if I remember, it was, should be for pros and not amateurs. Like, he was, he, I think he talked about, like, baseball, how, like, pros have to use a wood bat, and then everyone else used metal bats. Just, I mean, because if a dadgum MLB player used an aluminum bat, I mean, home run every freaking hit. I mean... So I guess you could look at it like that, pro-amateur. I mean, would it spice the game up a little bit? Because how often does, you know, a pro golfer pull out their six iron on a par four unless they're in trouble? And I definitely think that would, you know, change the game for sure, but I don't know if it's for the betterment of the game, in my opinion. But it's a good take. It could go either way. What do you think Walker, about it, Walker? what are your opinions on this? I agree with y'all. I think it's stupid Stupidity. I mean, these youngsters out here trying to make a living. <laughs> out here run the local scrambles, these the local scrambles, and they have to use these balls that don't go far. I mean, gum, Aunt Shirley, she's only going to be hitting 40 yards. I mean, gum. I mean, I mean sure it affects the game. Up. Sure like, she tees it up in the fairway, but crap. I mean, that skill would be able to drive these par fours, mm-hmm. and they're taking away that skill. It took years to learn. Years. I mean, I mean, sure. Tom Brady tried to do a, a kind of like a rollback. I mean, he deflated the balls. He deflated the balls, but so no the Falcons lost. But, but no they one's won. talking about that at the end of the day. I mean, I, I mean, think the Falcons should have won that Super Bowl. Um, we're gonna do a brief interruption. Uh, the um, we're recording episode two before episode one. I. We, I couldn't make it make sense for you, but we are. Uh, we're going to interrupt this real quick. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs have just defeated the Miami Dolphins in the wild card playoffs 26-7 to with Patrick Mahomes throwing for 262 yards and one touchdown with his helmet shattered when he took a helmet-to-helmet hit uh, and proceeded to lead them uh, in, in a 26-7 victory. Uh, to a, they had The Dolphins had one score, and it was a... Uh, it was it was a second quarter, Tyreek Hill fifty three yard uh, touchdown uh, pass of course from Tuga to a Tugavailoa. 
Um, but the Chiefs just really dominated. Uh, being from Miami, the Dolphins aren't built for these cold games like this. I think the windshield factor was negative 30. But uh, it's just <clears throat> good playoff game. All the playoff games have been blowouts so far. The Texans destroyed the Browns uh, 45 to something. I can't remember. 17 maybe. Uh, but it was, it was just the playoff games have been good. All right, the next topic we're going to cover is our Upper, Upperman High School, our high school. Um, they had a boys' basketball game tonight. What was the score on And that it, it was a dominant win, to say the least, 69-35. to 35. The, the Bs win by 34 points. Uh, Evan Huddleston, Evan Huddleston with a career-high 18 points. That was great. I mean, that was and a great game. Ty Cobb, I don't know. What to say much about him? He's a great player. He really re- reminded me of Patrick Mahomes in Tampa a few weeks ago. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to disagree with you because that's a different have, sport. What I'm, is the assist count? The assist count for Ty Cobb was six assists. No, that is pretty good. That's good. That's good with 14 points, three steals, and two blocks. That's a that's a great that's stat a good, line. Good stat line. Uh, with it being no, a dominant it was not win. With it being a dominant win and all, some of the JV players got in, like Finn Sissom and Landon Hall. They both had a layup apiece. And Walker Burkett. Walker Burkett did not Burkett get any playing time, sadly. Um, and like I said, Evan Huddleston had a career-high 18 points versus Franklin Cosby I mean, High School. spot on. Um, <clears throat> like I said in the first episode, or like you guys will hear in the first episode, the boys' program, I feel like, can certainly take off here within the next couple of years. Um, of course, with star players such as Ty Cobb. Uh, this year we have Braden Roberts, but he obviously will be leaving next year. But we uh, have some great rising stars. But we'll get more into that on the first episode. I'll say it, but y'all would have already listened yeah, to Yeah, y'all this. will already have listened to the first episode by the time we get done with this. Um, so, I guess... Um, what else do we need to cover? I think we should end it on our uh, our last two major predictions. Okay, yeah, let's end it on our last two major predictions. About, the next major no. is the U.S. Open, and so we're going to uh, end the podcast uh, with our last two major predictions: uh, the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. So I will go first. The U.S. Open, arguably, the U.S. Open and the Open, in my opinion, are similar. The only things that are different is the weather. It's always gloomy in Europe. It's always gloomy and cloudy and windy on Lynx golf courses. And it's just not like that here in the U.S. Uh, It's at Pinehurst number 2. That's a tough course. There's no rough. You miss the fairway, you're in waste. So, um, with that being said, I know you guys aren't going to like me for this, but it's Scotty Scheffler's year. He's going to do big things. Scotty Scheffler is winning the U.S. Open. Yes, he is. He's built for it. His putting's gotten much better. He's just, he's going to be winning this year. I mean, my God, zip it up where you're doing. Okay, with that being said, (laughs) y'all are going to, people are going to clown me for this, but I see a back-to-back. Nope, Rory McIlroy is not winning the U.S. Open. A back-to-back. Oh. I see Wyndham a back-to-back Clark's Wyndham Clark <laughs> championship. And I don't know how you could not. Yeah, you're getting clowned, <laughs> to say the least. He has been in the top 10 to 15 in the last tournaments of 23. Scott Sheffler was in the entire tournaments of 2023, basically. 
But could he ever close a tournament? Could he close a tournament? Nope. Whenever it mattered, could he close a tournament? Did Wyndham Clark? Wyndham Clark, but it doesn't matter, it was a major. There's only four majors, okay? He was able to close a tournament, and Scotty Scheffler is way more experienced than him, okay? And I'm just going to say it. Scotty Scheffler has all the potential in the world. But he's gonna, but he's gonna be a Colin Morikawa on steroids story. No, Colin Morikawa, I think in his last, in these next few years, he's really gonna show us who he is. Even though he's had all this potential, he's just learned and grown from all his mistakes that he's made. And I feel like that's something that Scotty Scheffler is gonna have to do as well. If he can just putt, he's gonna win every major. I agree, but at the same time, closing a tournament is not something you can just learn from a swing coach, am I right? Closing a tournament is a skill you got to win over time, you know, and some people already have it. It's the mental battle. Like Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) Why? This is a little Mahomes. So, um, but with it being said, I'm going to go with Wyndham Clark. I feel like he has, obviously all of them, have a vengeance going out there. They all want to win. You know, that's what they do. But I just have a feeling. I don't really have any particular reason except for he's a rising star on the tour, and I could very well see it going his way again. Walker, what about you? I think it's going to be John Rahm. I mean, when he first started, he won the U.S. Open in the Masters, young man. I think he's going to come off strong this year. Winning the Masters. And I have seen John Rahm in person, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, he is probably the meanest and the biggest jerk on tour. And, and I for, hope he's listening. Does that affect skill? And I hope he's listening. Does that affect skill? And for that, no, it doesn't affect skill. I'm just saying this. And for that reason, I will never root for John Rahm because he is literally probably the biggest jerk on tour. Um, So... That really has nothing to do with it, but there's that. Now let's move on to the British Open. Or the, the Open Championship. And I think <clears throat> anybody could win any major, any tournament. It doesn't have to be a major. Anybody can win any tournament. It just depends on how they're playing that week. Like... Last year at the Open, Crystal Lamprecht was, like, in the lead after round one. I'm not saying no. I'm not saying he's about to win it. He's not. I don't, I'm sure. I don't even Let know if he's Let me guess. Scotty Scheffler. I'm, I'm not saying Scotty Scheffler either. I'm saying, like, you saw you saw Crystal Lamprecht with, like, a, what, 66 or something. And, uh, obviously, he fell out of the lead. Um, but I think someone native to Europe is going to win it. And with that being said... I don't know how you guys are going to feel about this, but see, I'm I'm stuck right now. I just don't think that this year Victor Hovland is really just built for major championships this year. I I think he he's got a lot to learn. He's young. I understand he's a great player, and I understand he's already won the Memorial Tournament, uh, the BMW, the Tour Championship. I understand he's won. But I just don't, I don't know. I just don't see him performing well in situations like that. And I'm really going to shock you guys, but I'm going to go with the native Robert McIntyre with a win here. He was on the Ryder Cup team. 
He, he, I think he's a solid left-handed golfer. You I think might as he, well said Tyrell Hatton. That I was thinking about it, but I'm not going to say him. Who would have thought Brian Harmon would win the Open? I called it. You didn't. In 2019. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> Get out of here. I called it. All right, on to Taylor. I mean, I feel like the Open could go so many ways. I mean, the Open is such a developed tournament because you it's the last major of the year you're gonna have so much of your season behind you I feel like at the same time that really fuels people that have not performed well to really do good like if you didn't perform well in some of the tour events and other majors you're really gonna work hard to do good in this major and um, and with that being said I feel like it could go so many ways but I could honestly see a Brooks Kepka champion on European soil. Brooks Kepka is an all-around great golfer. I think he could win all the major tournaments this year. I mean, he's a great golfer. He never... He went through that bad phase there after the Waste Management Phoenix Open and whatever year that was, uh, 2019, 2020, one of those years, he went through a bad spell there, but, you know, once he went to LIV, he just kind of popped off, and he's been, uh, you know, playing great golf, won a PGA Championship. I think that now makes him a five-time major champion, four-time, something like that. Uh, he's a great golfer, um, and I think he has the capability to win, uh, like I said, all the major tournaments this year. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, and personally, I like Brooks Kepka. He's a, he, I think he's a good guy, uh, but, and he's a, great, a greater golfer. But we'll just see how it all plays out. Now, Walker? Well, actually, before I finish, like I was saying, like it can go either way. I'm going to put Kepka at my number one spot. But if McElroy, okay, McElroy won it, I would not be shocked at all. Would I you would be shocked? 100% Why? Be shocked. Why would you be shocked? Like I said, and you cannot say he has no purpose to play for because yeah, he I, absolutely I, I, does. He has so much... That. T- that's left on the table, but I feel like that's more of a Masters thing. Well, yeah, if he wins the Masters, that'd be a Grand Slam, am I, am I correct? Um, he's just not going to do it. I, I can't give you a rhyme or reason. He's just not going to do it in any of the majors this year. I mean, now, and I don't have a set reason for it. It's just something in my mind. I just don't see him doing it. Uh, not necessarily a tournament, but a major. And I have no reason for my other pick that I was thinking, but Jordan Spieth, not even going to give a reason for it. If it happened, it would not surprise me. Yes, absolutely. I mean, when you think the four major tournaments, you got to think Scott Scheffler. I mean, come on. He's going to win one of them. He's going to win one of them. He's going to win one of them. There's no way. I'm not saying I'd be surprised if he won it. But I don't think you can pinpoint which tournament he's going to win. He's going to win one of them, though. And I think it's the same way with Roy McIlroy. You cannot pinpoint a place that he's going to win. He has I mean, a different week. I mean, he's consistent, but he's not consistent in you know, the top three. But that's unrealistic. That is I think he king of consistency out of the top two. Top two to ten. Not in the top two, like, the first spot. In big tournaments, but I could be wrong, and I hope I am. I like him. I love him. Zip it Whoa. up when you're done. Zip it up Walker, when you're done. what's your pick for that? I think, I think he's going to win one of them, but if he don't win, he's going to win one of the last two, I think. Okay. All right, well, um, guys, that wraps it up here for episode <clears throat> number two 
Um, we appreciate uh, anyone and everyone who takes the time to listen to this podcast. Shout out to Coach Tyler. Um, yeah, shout out to Coach Tyler, shout I guess. Shout out to Coach Tyler. Uh, we encourage you guys to stick with us for our third episode next week. Uh, I am Gavin, and to my right and also right is Taylor and Walker. We will see you guys next week. Me and Taylor will for sure. Walker might be on here sometime. Uh, see you later, everybody. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>